welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, here, news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And uh, today we are continuing what is one of my favorite themes whenever I do do themes here on the show, which is that of showcasing new original work by emerging artists. Um, this month we've done some fun features from Carl Hirsch's Flying Bike to last week Bill Ballantyne's uh, little dedicated epic to uh, Bill Evans, the jazz player. And today we are featuring yet a new entry, Scott Spaulding. Now, this series is called This Thing of Ours, uh, which is actually a phrase referring to um, the mafia um, and the mafia of uh, culture and society in 1970s New York. And as you would imagine, um, for a crime story, it is dark, tough, um, and uh, yeah, it's got a, a, a tough-as-nails uh, protagonist. Um, it's got some uh, drama behind the scenes of the mafia family and um, all sorts of good gritty stuff like that. Um, you know, you hear a lot of different types of stories in audio drama, um, and certainly crime fiction is a popular, known uh, genre, but not really from the perspective of the bad guys. You know, a lot of the 40s, 50s stories were all uh, good versus bad guys, and the bad guys always got their comeuppance. Um, and certainly while you have the the Goodfellas, Godfather, Sopranos-type stuff in television, don't really know that anyone else has done a, 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 a jo- good as job so far as what Scott has done in rendering the uh, story from the bad guys side of things. Um, it certainly didn't hurt um, that this show features a little cameo by Matt Boudreaux over at Oral Stage Studios, which um, excited me to, to just to, you know, got me to listen to the first time, but I was uh, definitely engaged by the high-quality production value um, and tight writing that got me into this mobster story. So that's what's coming up in just a moment. But first up, we got Captain Radio with his review. Captain Radio, uh, what do we got for us this week? Greetings, Audionauts. Captain Radio here with a review of Lost in Bronx series Eddie K from David Collins Rivera, made possible by Rode Microphones. Passionate, unique audio transforms our world. You start with Rode. Visit RodeMic.com. That's R O D E M I C.com. The following content is not family-friendly nor work-safe. Discretion is advised. Do take this disclaimer seriously, for the Eddie K series of half-hour comedies swirls in a fast-paced blue haze. With all voices rendered by David Collins Rivera, otherwise known as Lost in Bronx, the storyline tracks the misadventures of two buffoonish anti-heroes, stout, starving, in more ways than one, lounge lizard vocalist Eddie K and his shady, hyper-sleazy manager Sal. Their non-stop verbal bruising of each other is persistently perforated by insults and expletives undeleted and only very occasionally halts for a momentary, almost disingenuine conciliation. Consequently, while listening to Driving with Eddie the first episode, you may marvel at why they tolerate one another. However, as Eddie and Sal mercilessly blue blast each other, the relationship raison d'etre becomes as palpable as a permanent boil. Like Lou and Denny from Woody Allen's modest hit Broadway Danny Rose, these two belly-aching entertainment underachievers rather desperately need each other. If we didn't go way back, I'd drop your fat, ungrateful and let you fade away in the Poconos like you deserve. Oh, I'm a burden now? You got so many clients, you can afford to drop Eddie K like a big tub of Who else you got, Sal? You got that Chinaman comic doing the same lousy stand-up he's been squirting out for the last 20 years. Hey, Johnny's working on new material right now. And who else? That old who sang the theme song to that comedy back in the 70s. What was that again? Only lasted one season? The last laugh. 
And yeah, the show sucked. But his song went all the way up to number 47 on the charts. And who's that kid you got now? Siam Sam? White kid sings that rap Sam I am, and he's got real talent, Eddie. And I'm not just saying that because he's my nephew. After not quite breaking into Equity Theater, Collins Rivera moved on, as he puts it, to get a real life. However, he never really left the stage in his heart. His affection for old-time radio, combined with American resurrection of audio drama through internet podcasting, eventually lured and lost in Bronx a year ago to self-produce a sci-fi scenario he wrote over two decades earlier entitled Blue Heaven. After that, I decided to try something completely completely different and go with a short audio comedy entitled Driving with Eddie. The characters I created for that made me laugh and I got some positive feedback on it so I thought it might not be inappropriate to produce a series based on them. Thus I began Eddie K, which is my attempt at a regular sitcom. After I built up a tolerance to the constant obscenities churned out by Sal and Eddie, two chronically annoyed, internally frustrated showbiz wannabes, I confessed to becoming fascinated and tickled by the exchange of wildly hyper tales and constant cross-interrogations when one suspects the other's motives or statements. Ultimately, I must wonder if Lost in Bronx found inspiration to dictate this often clever, occasionally satirical, biting banter into his portable recorder while trapped in a Phoenix traffic jam during a 110-degree commute. Likely. Very likely. Listen to Eddie K. episodes from Lost in Bronx, a.k.a. David Collins Rivera, by visiting info-underground.net slash LNB and clicking Audio Fiction. Hey, Audionauts, be sure to catch David Collins Rivera as Joey Eightball Scarfiti in This Thing of Ours next up on your best source for modern audio drama, radiodramarevival.com. All right, thank you, Captain Radio, that captainradio.com. And, um, you know, you can submit your own story at radiodramarevival.com. Hit up the submit link. There's submission guidelines. You can send in a CD, or our preferred method would be for you to fill out that form on the website. Um, that gets us into a somewhat managed queue so we can keep track of everything that comes in through the door. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so here we are on to this thing of ours. Um, the first two episodes, each episode's been running about 12 minutes, so we've got a chance to feature two of them this week. This thing of ours by Decorated Air Theater. In my neighborhood growing up, you either became a cop, a priest, or a wise guy. Well, there was no way I was going to lock up my friends, and I sure as hell wasn't a saint. So that left me with only one choice. Decorated Air Theater presents... This Thing of Ours, a story of life in the Mafia. Written and produced by Scott Spaulding and starring Joe Rodriguez as Carmine Cedarelli. New York City, 1977. Things are a little crazy here these days for me and my crew. Some whack job tried to take down the boss. That's a number one no-no in these parts. If you're gonna hit the boss, you gotta A, get it cleared by the rest of the families, and B, make sure you get someone reliable to do the job. This piece of garbage didn't need them. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This Cosa Nostra, this thing of ours, is a beautiful thing if you follow the rules. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen especially with the type of men in our line of work. So just like any other form of organization or firm or government, if someone breaks the rules, the 
breaks the law, there are consequences. And this broken rule right here requires a very, very stiff penalty. Hey, Carmine's finally here. Welcome to the party. What's this piece of trash still doing here, Ange? I was told no chit-chat this time. Just take out the garbage. I know, but this guy begged me to let him talk to you. He swears on his kid's life. He's telling the truth. Oh, yeah? Well, who's this guy? Jimmy O'Connor, one of them Hell's Kitchen boys, them Westies punks. He says he was paid by our friend Frankie Nose to do this. I'm finding that very hard to believe. Frankie Nose? No. No way. I swear to God, that's the truth! He stopped by Finn's two weeks ago and said we had to talk in private. So he went upstairs to my apartment. He said the old man is really worried about these indictments that are coming down and that he's been talking to the feds. I told him no freaking way. I said if I did that, then I'd have all the other families coming down on me. He said I didn't have nothing to worry about. That everything was cleared by everyone. I still told him no freaking way. I didn't want no part of it. But he reassured me there was nothing to worry about, that everything was okay to do it. I still didn't want to do it, but I had to. I know how you guys work. If I had said no, I'm a dead man myself. So I did it. You understand? Right? Yeah, sure. Let's wrap him up, throw him in the trunk, and take him home before the sun comes up. Normally, we'd take him and bury him someplace where he couldn't be found, or hand him off to a crew that specializes in getting rid of things like this. But we needed to send a message with this one. You try to take down the boss, you're signing your own death certificate. Now, this Jimmy guy worked for this Irish gang from Hell's Kitchen called the Westies. We'd been looking for him ever since old man Nicky Roselli's car blew up three weeks ago, nearly killing him. He was about to open the door when his driver Sal D'Amico started the car and BOOM! The old man was hurt pretty bad, but fortunately is expected to make what the newspapers call a full recovery. Sal, on the other hand, wasn't so lucky. He was killed instantly. Me and Sal grew up together, so I wanted to personally see that the murderer was brought to justice. The only thing I couldn't figure out is why the Westies would want the old man dead. You see, these past few years, we, the Colombo family, and the Westies have had a nice little business arrangement. If we had some work that needed to be done and didn't want to get our hands dirty for whatever reason, we'd reach out to them. Now, that business relationship by no means meant we trusted or even liked each other, but to go after the boss? That didn't make no sense. And to think Frankie planned a hit like Jimmy said made no sense either. Frankie's like a son to the old man. So, I, I don't know. Maybe another family's looking to go to war or something. You think this spot's alright? Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. Hey, Joey, you want to conserve some of that ketchup once in a while, huh? Other people might want some with their breakfast, too, you know. To tell you the truth, Angel, I don't know if I can approve handing over the ketchup to you. You see, I'm a firm believer that ketchup should not be allowed on eggs. It's just not natural. Hash browns, on the other hand, are perfectly acceptable. They're practically french fries. Eggs with ketchup? Now, that's a travesty. Thank you for the culinary tip. Now, would you please pass the ketchup and shut your yap hole? Frank and Mary's diner. Me, Angie, and Joey are there most mornings. Good food, and they leave you alone. All three of us grew up together and work in the same crew under our capo Stevie Cakes, who owns a bakery in Little Italy. I got three brothers and two sisters, and I'll tell you what. 
Ange and Joey are as close to me as any of them are. I take a bullet for them, and they do the same for me. Hey, look at this. Gangland-style hit. Irish hoodlum found in trunk. Hey, how did they know he was murdered? He could have just locked himself in the trunk. Them Irish ain't too smart, you know. Or maybe he was just hiding from his old lady. <laughs> exactly, I know. <laughs> hey, let me see that. Jimmy O'Connor, huh? Does that ring a bell for you, Carmine? No, but I'll tell you what. My ears haven't stopped ringing since last night, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, what time is it? It's 11.45. I gotta call Stevie. I'll be outside. Hey, it's calm. Hey. It's done. Yeah, I know. It's all over the news. I talked to Frankie a few minutes ago. He was fuming. What for? I don't know. He said it shouldn't have been found so quickly, which don't make no sense to me. I mean, you want it done that way. That's what's gonna happen. He also wanted to make sure you did what he said to do beforehand. What? No chit-chat? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why? I don't know. I'm just following orders, calm. Frankie's been a real hard-ass lately. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Anyways... I'm gonna need you three guys tonight. I'll reach out to you later, all right? All right. All right. How'd it go? Frankie's pissed because they found him so quickly. But whatever. What's done is done. Stevie needs us for something tonight. He'll call us later. Let's get out of here. Word came down to us that there's a big meeting tonight between the bosses to discuss this current situation. Me, Ange, and Joey were called to keep a lookout while everyone's inside, to make sure no funny business goes on. This is a big friggin' deal. Meetings like this happen maybe once a year at the most. The bosses can't afford to be seen together, so they avoid meetings like this as much as possible. The last thing a boss needs is for there to be a bunch of Polaroids for some state prosecutor to use as Exhibit A. But I guess with it being last minute, they figured they'd be able to keep it hush-hush. Alright, I, I gotta ask you guys. Who do you think is the greatest Yankee of all time? Babe Ruth. Hands down, no question about it. He hit more homers than most teams in his day. I can't argue with that. Personally, I always loved the Mick. Phil Rizzuto. Phil Rizzuto? Yeah, his people and my people came from the same town in Sicily. So of course he's the greatest. That's a very good point, Joey. I did not think about that. Joey Scafidi. Joey ate ball or Joey hates. Don't be fooled by his charm or quick wit. He's a stone-cold gangster. At age 15, he and some friends, including his sister, were hanging out at a pool hall when some kid from school walked by his sister and gave her a smack on her ass. <laughs> Joey, enraged by the kid, calmly picked up an eight ball from a table, walked into the bathroom, took his sock off, put the ball in the sock, and calmly went back into the pool hall and proceeded to beat the kid with his sock like he was wielding one of the medieval maces. He's been Joey eight ball ever since. Hey, you notice them guys over there in that car? They've been over there as long as we've been here. Yeah, I noticed that too. I'm gonna go see if there's a problem. All right.
Hey, uh, we just happened to notice you've been sitting here for a while. I was wondering if you might be lost, or, or if you needed help with directions or something. No, nobody lost here, but I appreciate the concern. This frigging guy. I don't think you understand. This is private property. You're gonna have to move your car somewhere else. I'm sorry, my friend, but I've been given strict orders by Frank Gallo to remain out here until he exits the restaurant those two gentlemen over there are standing in front of. You're one of Frankie's guys? You were told to wait out here for him? That is correct. Well, who the hell are you guys? You don't know? Alright, you wanna play games? Alright, well, have a good evening, fellas. What's going on? What's the problem? Frankie called a couple of zips over here to watch a place for him. Then why the hell did he call for us to be here? That's a good question. Hey, I think the boys are coming out now. Hey. There's Stevie. Hey, Carmine. I got some things to talk to you about. Stop by my place tomorrow around noon. Yeah, that'd be good. I got some things too. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. In my neighborhood growing up, you either became a cop, a priest, or a wise guy. Well, there was no way I was going to lock up my friends, and I sure as hell wasn't a saint. So that left me with only one choice. Decorated Air Theater presents This Thing of Ours, a story of life in the mafia. Written and produced by Scott Spaulding and starring Joe Rodriguez as Carmine Santarelli. This thing of ours that we brought over from the old country was originally built on honor, loyalty, and respect. But to tell you the truth, some guys have trouble remembering that when power and greed get thrown into the mix, when that happens, things get dangerous and people start disappearing, often for no good reason other than paranoia caused by greed. So stuff like this, you gotta keep an eye on before it gets out of control. Which is why I'm glad I ran into Stevie last night after the commission meeting. I'm getting a sense things may be heading in that direction, and I want to see if he's feeling it too. So the next day I head over to Stevie's bakery in Little Italy. Stevie's our crew's capo or captain, which means anytime we got something going on, we gotta check with him first. And we gotta let him know how much money is involved so the people upstairs get the right cut of it. Also, any orders from the boss comes from Stevie. He's like our point guy in the family. So the way this thing works is, you got the boss at the very top who calls all the shots. Any scam, any deal, any rub out, anything has to be approved by him first, period. Then you got the underboss at second in command. Then under him, you got the consigliere who's kinda like a counselor to the family. Someone to bounce ideas off of. Then you got the family capos under him. And under them is where Ange, Joey, and me come in, the soldiers. Everybody's gotta check in with somebody before anything goes down. It's a good system when it runs like it should. But that, my friend, doesn't always happen. 
Alright, I'm gonna need two dozen cream puffs, uh, I'll take some lobster tails and a few dozen cannolis. What do I gotta do to get some service around here? Hey, come on, can't you see I'm busy? I got customers over here. Who are you kidding? You never worked an honest day in your life. <laughs> I resent that, Carmine. Sophia, can you finish Mr. D'Angelo's order? I gotta step out for a few minutes. No problem. Mr. D'Angelo's. This place always smells so friggin' good. I don't know how you don't weigh 400 pounds working here. Just because I own the joint, don't mean I actually work here, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good point. Come on. Let's go for a walk. Mulberry Street, Little Italy. You see, for us wise guys, this is where a lot of business gets done. Problems get fixed, deals get done, ideas get tossed around. The way I see it, it's no different than one of them bigwigs on Wall Street in them boardrooms, or some big shot CEO doing a deal on the 18th hole of some fancy country club. For us, we just prefer to do it out here, away from the year of any unwanted third party, if you know what I mean. So yeah, last night's meeting, things got a little heated between Frankie and the boys. Oh yeah, what happened? Well, with the old man laid out for a while, Frankie's been trying to throw his weight around like he's the boss now. What was Frankie saying? Oh, he was saying all this crap about how some of the territories should be redistributed and how he and the old man are being squeezed out of some things. Basically, he wants a bigger piece of the pie at the expense of the other families. Yeah, I could see how that wouldn't sit too good with them. Right, exactly. They're all looking at each other like, who's this friggin' guy? And you could tell how pissed Frankie was after this. He didn't say nothing because he didn't have no support at the table. But I've known him for a long time, and I could see the rage building up in him. It was a little bit uncomfortable. The meeting was called to discuss what happened with the old man, and to make sure the air was cleared between the families before any wars broke out. So what'd they say about the hit? Was everyone satisfied with the Westies kid being gone? Yeah, they're satisfied with that. They did an investigation and said he did it because he owed the family over a hundred grand in gambling debts. Uh, I don't think that's the whole story. You buying it? Just between me and you? No. Well, since we're keeping things between you and me, I got some interesting info that's been bugging me for the past few days now. That kid that's gone, he said some things that were hard to believe at first. But now, not so much. Oh yeah? What's that? Well, he said Frankie himself paid him a visit and offered him the job. Well, what are you thinking? I don't know. I mean, it don't make no sense for Frankie to meet personally with a guy like Jimmy. I mean, a guy in his position wouldn't just go and meet with some street punk. But then again, maybe that's exactly why he would do it. That way it makes it easier for him to eliminate the middleman. Yeah, and then he didn't want no chit-chat with the guy? Frankie said the old man didn't want the guy to be able to plead for mercy. He said he didn't deserve to be hurt. Have you ever heard something like that come down from the old man before? No, never. And also, Frankie's always driving the old man around. The only time he wasn't was when the hit went down. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But you're right. On any other day, it would have been Frankie, not Sal. Then after that, he goes and brings a couple of zips to help look after him. Yeah, he just says it's for extra protection with everything that's going down. Yeah, Joey noticed him in the car across the street from Romano's last night. He goes over there, and them zips say Frankie told them to stand lookout until he comes out. What did Frankie want us there for if he brought them guys over? I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't trust any of them guys from over there. So what do we do? What do you think? Well, right now, we don't do nothing and we don't say nothing. Because if this conversation will get back to Frankie, we might end up like that Irish kid. Know what I mean? Right. All right, sounds good. All right, good. Now let me get back to my pastries. I gotta make them IRS jerks think I'm one of them working stiffs. (laughs) 
Yeah, you got it, Stevie. I'll talk to you later. So what we thought to be an open and shut case is now getting interesting. Although neither of us would come out and say it, we got some reason to believe that Frankie knows wants the old man dead so he can be boss. This is a potentially explosive situation, so we gotta make sure we're right and got enough proof before we go pointing any fingers at Frankie. You can't just run to the boss and start throwing accusations around like this without some solid proof. The old man and Frankie go way back. Frankie's practically his son. And there have been times in the past where Frankie's taken things too far and the old man's given him a pass. So we gotta make sure we're 100% positive that he's behind this before we bring it to the old man. Because if we bring it to him and he's not convinced this is true, well, we're each gonna end up with a couple of bullets behind the ears. So just like Stevie said, all we can do right now is hang tight and be careful with what we say and do. And it's best during uncertain times like these to think like you can't trust nobody. I can't believe it's already 4 o'clock. Only two more stops to go? Did you say you were going to the game tonight? Nah, I went last night. Yeah, that's right. I think Tommy said he was going. But can you give me a hand with this one over here? You gotta start lifting them weights again, Anthony. You're turning into a cream puff. It's my back, you wise ass. Just grab the other end, would ya? Hold up. There's a guy coming down the alley. Yeah, there's a couple of them. And they got some bats. Just don't look too good. What do we do? Uh, just be cool. I'm sure when we mention Carmine, we'll be fine. Good evening, gentlemen. Anthony, right? Who wants to know? Never mind that. All you need to know is that this stop don't belong to the matter guarding no more. I don't want to start no trouble, but if you got a problem with us working here, you got to talk to Carmine Santarelli about it. I just pick up the trash for him, you know? I got bills to pay, mouths to feed, you understand, right? I don't care about your bills, your mouths to feed, or this Carmine guy. All I care about right now is this stop. And it would upset me greatly if I were to run into you again at this location after today. And I'm sure it would upset you as well if we had to have this conversation again. Because if we do, I can guarantee you it won't be as polite as it is right now. Understand? Yeah, sure. No problem. And just so you don't forget about our conversation, here's my card. Come on, man. That's my headlight. Tell your carmine pal to put it on my tab. Gentlemen, have a good evening. And I hope, for your sake, we do not run into each other again. Let's get out of here. Well, Mikey, I think our day is done. I say we call it quits early and uh, call Carmine about this. That sounds good to me. Andy up, gentlemen. Andy up. I gotta make some money tonight, boys. Thanks to the Jets yesterday, I'm out four G's. Damn bombs couldn't even score a point. 17 to nothing to the friggin' Seahawks. The Jets lost four in a row. Why the hell did you bet on them to win? <laughs> I'm telling you, Joey, they're due. I feel a win streak right around the corner. I feel a win streak of my own right around the corner, too. You say that every weekend. Maybe you should make your picks and bet on the other teams. Yeah, just flush your money down the toilet and save yourself the aggravation. Or better yet, <laughs> just give me the money and we'll split the winnings 50-50, you know? Yeah, laugh it up now. You wait and see. I got a new guy working for me on the inside who's good. Real good. Angelo Narducci. 
the man would bet on the color of the next car that drives by if he could. He always says he was born on the luckiest day of the year, July 11th, 7-Eleven. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, if Ange didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have no luck at all. I love him like a brother, but he's your typical degenerate gambler, always thinking the big paydays right around the corner and always needs something riding on the big game. He owns a couple of books and has some money on the street, so he's usually able to cover himself. But every once in a while, I gotta remind him to be careful and not to get too far over his head. His reasoning is, he don't have to worry about it because it'd be stupid to knock off someone that owes you money. Because if you did, you'd never get it back. I can't say I disagree with that thinking, but I don't think I would rely on that as a means of survival. All it takes is one pissed off bookie who don't care about nothing, and you could be in a world of hurt. Hey, come on, it's for you. Who is it? Anthony, from tomorrow. All right, I got crap cards anyways. I'm out. Who's got a beer? I, got, I want a beer over here. I'm dying. Hey, Ant, it's Carmine. Sorry to bother you, but we got a visit from a couple of thugs at 44 Franklin Street today. There were two of them. They showed up with bats and, and told us that building wasn't our stop no more. And if we showed up again, there were going to be major problems. What? What are you talking about? Who stopped by? These two big guys. No names or nothing. They just showed up in the alleyway and told us not to come by there no more. I thought Mikey and I were in serious trouble, but they didn't hurt us. He did bust out one of your headlights and told us to put it on his tab. Oh, that's cute. Did they say who they worked for? No, nothing. I told him we worked for you, but he didn't care. He just didn't want to see us at the stop no more. What did they look like? The one guy who didn't say anything was bigger than the other guy, about six foot. The other guy who talked and busted your headlight was about six two. He, um, he sounded like he just got off the boat. Alright, don't worry about it. You did the right thing. I'll be in tomorrow. Don't worry about going back there. I'll take care of it. Alright, thanks, Carmine. I'll see you later. Alright. Hey, Joey. Yeah? You're coming to work with me tomorrow. Sorry, Carm. No can do. I'm off tomorrow. What are you talking about? Off from what? I decided I'm taking a personal day tomorrow. Every day's a personal day for you, Joey, because you always take everything so personally. Are you calling me sensitive, Ange? See what I mean? You can do your personal stuff some other time. Anthony said two guys stopped by 44 Franklin Street and told them it ain't their stop no more and told them not to come back. And from the sounds of it, they may be your buddies from the other night outside of Romano's. Oh yeah? No kidding. I miss them clowns. It'll be like that one song that's on the radio now. What's it, the... Uh... Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, except with these guys, it ain't gonna feel too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, good. Meet me at the office at 3.30. You got it. Now who's in this game? I ain't leaving till I get all you guys money. I'm in. Me too. Yeah, me too, I'm in. And make sure you ain't looking at the cards while you're dealing this time, all right? Whoa, hey, hey. Them are fighting words there, Joey. You accusing me of cheating? What's this about? Hey, I'm not accusing you of cheating. I'm just saying that you have a tendency to lift the corner of the card a little too much when you're dealing, that's all. Well, I'm sorry if I have to lift the corner a little while I'm dealing the cards. These are little thin pieces of paper here. I ain't dealing out beer coasters or nothing. Come on now. Well, I'm just saying, Joey. I'm just saying. Will you let the man deal already? Come on, let's go.
keep listening for a preview of the next episode. This thing of ours stars Joe Rodriguez as Carmine Santarelli, David Collins Rivera as Joey Eight Ball Scarfiti and Anthony, Matthew J. Boudreaux as Mikey, Jim Patton as Vincenzo Catalano, Scott Larson as Angelo Narducci, Glenn Hallstrom as Louis Meatballs Marzoni, Susan Spaulding as Sophia, Scott Spaulding as Stevie Cakes DeMeo, and announcing done by Ben Blankenship. Next time on This Thing of Ours. Joey, I don't think I've met your friends yet. Why don't you introduce me to them? I'm thinking maybe we should just introduce ourselves first. You don't do that around here. You don't do that to my people. You don't do that to Carmine Santarelli. Whoa, Carmine. Let's not do anything we might regret later, all right? Well, we had a sit down with the old man. You, me, and Frankie. Seriously? Is this good or bad news? I don't know. It was hard to read him. I told him what happened and he just nodded. Didn't say much. And that was about it. This Thing of Ours by Scott Spaulding is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. You may share the program with as many people as you like, but you cannot charge for it. All characters appearing in this work are fictitious, except for historical persons used in a fictional manner. All right, those are the first two episodes of This Thing of Ours by Decorated Air Theater. This is a brand new audio work. Um, In fact, episode two was just released this past week. Uh, yeah, actually last Friday. So there may be more by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, check out decoratedairtheater.wordpress.com, decoratedairtheater, theater, re.wordpress.com, or hit up the show notes at radiodramarevival.com for a link over there. And thank you, Scott, for a great piece of work. Hope to keep up with the good work um, and keep up the good production values. We love it. Um, and hope you enjoyed that little soiree into a mobster drama. Um, next week, we got one more new artist to share with you, and then we move on to our Halloween programming, all sorts of exciting stuff. I think I can now say this officially. Uh, speaking of Matthew Boudreaux, I mentioned earlier with Oral Stage Studios, uh, myself with Final Room Productions and Oral Stage are teaming up for our Halloween piece this year. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be the first uh, full collaboration of this sort that Final Room has done in the past. We have cl- uh, collaborated with plenty of other artists, but not other production companies in quite the same way. Uh, it's fitting because we're doing this as part of the uh, transcontinental terror effort. The transcontinental terror is a uh, international uh, streaming event on Halloween uh, with uh, folks all the way from Wireless Theater Company to Icebox Radio Chatterbox Theater, um, all the way over to West Coast with Sam Mowry and Jay, stopping by Jack Ward and my, myself in Portland, Maine along the way. Um, so now we're upping the collaboration one more step and dragging in another artist. Um, I love doing a Halloween show each year, and uh, Matthew this year is along for the ride. We'll have more details on that show as they come available, but it will be a field-recorded horror piece um, the, of the likes Final Run hasn't done in a few years. Um, love it. I uh, haven't done anything since Dark Passenger, which still spooks people over at FinalRune.com. Um, I hope to <laughs> freak some people out this year. Um, all right. And uh, meantime, over 150 hours of original audio drama programming at radiodramarevival.com. Plenty of horror stuff there to get you in the mood. Um, you can find out the latest audio drama news. Follow us on Twitter. Hit up at Radio Drama. You can search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival or iTunes. Search Radio Drama. 
Revival or just Radio Drama now and leave a review uh, or, or leave us some feedback if you like. Um, that wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio, as podcast at radiodramarevival.com's Labor Love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.